It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. All right, welcome everyone. This is Colonel Rhett John, Colonel Rhett John, the National Security Hour on America Out Loud News Network. And I have an absolutely incredible guest tonight, uh, somebody who I've come to know and uh, uh, just, I think he's a great leader. Uh, I think he's a great speaker and just knows his stuff inside and out. And it is Professor Dave Bratt from Liberty University. So, Professor Bratt, welcome to the show. And it's just an honor to have you on. And uh, uh, please go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, just so everybody kind of knows you, kind of where you got to where you are at today. Yep, yep. Well, Great to be on with you, John, Colonel Rhett John. And uh, you guys are the great guys, uh, the guys who serve our country. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm so honored to be on a show with you. Uh, you all walk around in uh, Christian humility uh, when you have done great things. And so uh, that's double, double blessing. Uh, I grew up uh, in the middle of Michigan in a small town of 10,000. Uh, my dad moved us to Minnesota in, in uh, high school. And uh, thanks, Dad, for that one. And then uh, back to uh, Hope College, Holland, Michigan, bunch of Dutchmen for liberal arts degree in business and uh, religion. Uh, then Arthur Anderson in Detroit and Chicago for a little business. And then that wasn't my calling, so I went to Princeton Seminary. Uh, while I was in seminary, I went down to the Capitol for a capital semester of politics and the meaning of life. And uh, that really got me addicted uh, to the swamp, uh, hopefully in a in a good way. And then I asked my uh, fearless leaders at the World Bank and IMF and whatever, hey, I, I want to do policy, but I'm a conservative. They said, go do your PhD in economics. Did that. Taught for 20 years to young people at another small uh, liberal arts school. Uh, ran for Congress, beat the guy who was going to be Speaker of the House. Uh, worked for seven years uh, for uh, one of the heads of Senate finance in Virginia. Uh, so I did get trained in. I did know what was going on, but I had no money, never, still don't. And uh, we beat the guy who was going to be the speaker, uh, Eric Cantor, way back when. And I ran on America First principles before they were cool. I ran on the border. I ran on uh, less than a trillion dollars in debt, said this cannot uh, work. It's not sustainable. And I ran on the border uh, way ahead of time. And now it's a uh, 10 million uh, invasion uh, territory. And uh, so now I'm at Liberty University. I love it. I get to do everything I like, theology, philosophy, economics, business. I uh, talked to uh, C Colonel uh, Retired John in the evenings, and uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Well, thank you, Dave. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your leadership and uh, and at Liberty, too. I just it's it's fantastic. We have to train and equip our our, our Christians coming into the yeah. uh, into the battlefield here. Yeah. Can't send them into the battlefield unprepared. So thank you right. very much. Thank you very much. Well, so uh, you know, economic security is national security, and I yeah. and I and I think a lot of folks they just think of bombs and missiles and military and and when you talk about instruments of national power, uh, if you're getting to the M instrument of national power, it means you failed. It means you failed in all the other aspects. So right. that's that's not necessarily a good thing. 
But I just I love your talks on War Room and everywhere else about uh, the economy. And so what what does an America first economy look yeah. like? Yeah, well, it, it looks like uh, pretty much everything we did from the American Revolution up to about 1950 was a pretty good run. And uh, as you said, uh, World War II, how did we overtake Hitler? It wasn't because uh, military genius or whatever, uh, uh, but it's because our military had character back then and we had a, a, an economy and a, and a GDP to back them up. And it was that industrial power that won the war, right? Everybody, I think that's a well-established fact. And so when it comes to America first, uh, it, it's just that across the board. You know, I, I might be biased. People might call me biased. I don't think so. Uh, but the America first is all the institutions that made us great in the first place. And so, you know, Magna Carta way back when, the Judeo-Christian West, a uh, young man uh, packed his bags from left Oxford University in England and founded a neat little university called Harvard. His name was John Harvard. And uh, back then, Harvard's motto was truth for Christ and church at Harvard. Not so much today. I read a news piece today. Harvard's got uh, 44% atheists and agnostics and 6% Protestants. And so uh, that's kind of stark. And so uh, from Harvard uh, on, a uh, pretty good run. The city on a hill. Uh, James Madison went to Princeton Seminary. Uh, stuck around first graduate student in Hebrew. Uh, why might that matter? Well, because in Genesis 3, you got a thing called the fall. Uh, and if you have that view of human nature, which every great thinker did, right? For Plato, Aristotle, Aquinas, Kant, all of them, Adam Smith, except for Rousseau and Marx. We can get to that later. Uh, but you build a constitution and you separate powers every chance you can. Uh, and that separation of powers you know, vertically federal, state, local, uh, and then horizontally at the federal, right? The the, uh, the executive branch, the judicial branch, and then the, the Congress, Article One, the Congress. That served us very well. That has all collapsed. Uh, the left, the Marxists are attacking every institution we have. Our educational uh, attainment used to be the envy of the world. Uh, now uh, we're all on social media. Uh, our political institutions used to be the envy of the world. Uh, now uh, the FBI and the CIA and the administrative state is getting a serious look. Uh, and so uh, an America first economy, uh, there is no economy without the prerequisite institutions of private property and individual rights, the rights that came from God that are protected by government. All of those things are under attack and the left has no uh, thesis statement. They have no rebuttal. They have no institutions to put forward in place of them. But uh, the, the the conservatives who defend these propositions are just not uh, up there with the bullhorn uh, stating our case. Uh, and in our case, of course, also, it's not just that America first uh, is self-serving. Uh, America first will free the Chinese uh, slave class, right? Uh, from the CCP, just like we uh, freed uh, the Jews from the Holocaust in World War II, the, the Russian people uh, in the 90s. Uh, the American force has been the greatest force on the planet, uh, you know, for a couple of centuries. And uh, so I believe in that. And of course, God is, is the first principle in all of that. 
And so uh, in America first uh, economy, uh, the first principle is God and all the rest of the principles are derived down from that. And that's worked out very well for us. Uh, got the Judeo-Christian tradition uh, guided by the the lanes, the, the, the safety lanes, which are good, which include Greek reason and enlightenment rationality. Those two lanes, uh, along with revelation, have kept us safe. One by themselves, probably not a good idea. And so, boy, that relationship uh, between the life of the mind and the life of faith uh, and, the, and the hope in America and a city on a hill, what a combo. And uh, so that's that's what you need to have and sustain uh, an America first country and economy, and the rest will work itself out. Wow. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I heard a rumor that Harvard used to actually train uh missionaries i don't know yeah. if i just I, I read that on the internet yeah you can't oh, believe yes. everything you yes. read on the internet hundreds of years <laughs> harvard <laughs> yale princeton university of michigan the publics if anyone wants to look at it, there's a book called uh <clears throat> the soul of the american university by marsden first rate uh, scholar now at notre dame uh go check we made a gentleman's agreement uh with the universities in princeton i went to princeton seminary uh, we gave the university back to secular land because we didn't want to coerce our religious views mm -hmm. uh, on others. Boy, what a Sermon on the Mount type virtue, right? Yeah. And yeah. the only, the only, the only uh, required was what you know, just keep doing Aristotle and ethics. At least do that, okay? Yeah. And now yeah. that's shot. Now they're doing Marxist studies on everything. Yeah, you know, it's like having an election in a totalitarian uh, a society coming out of totalitarianism. And what's yeah. the first thing they do? They vote in uh, Islamic extremists uh, like the Gaza Strip uh, yeah. who uh, keep the people in bondage. So yeah. uh, that's 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 bad. I, I love your description of there of 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 where we came from and yeah. and. Uh, it's it's disappointing because like at a Belfer Center, I, I don't want to go into why that 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 place really because that's that's the place that primarily has the government contracts to train those at the 14 and 15 level and SCS and the in the civil service. So that's considered the standard. And you know, uh, you look at who's uh, encumbering all the uh, adjunct professorships there at two hundred and seventy thousand a year for an adjunct professor. Wow! wow. How do you how do you get on this yeah. gravy train? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a uh, you know I've heard that one of the two things that kind of set America apart is the right of the individual yeah. to sell to own and sell property including yep. real estate and the right of the individual to litigate and yep. I, get, I get nothing but guffaws when i mention that and it's like oh you can buy a house in europe i said oh, no it's pretty pretty difficult to buy a house in europe yeah <laughs> yep so oh, that's right it, it, it john locke uh going way back had a, a right to self-propriety right with a scottish you know brogue accent along with it Self-property, no income taxes. There's no right uh, for me to, to, to go against you and, and assume that I can take part of your income, part of your life, part of your working day from you for some other reason. And all of these were serious propositions. And now, like you just said, when you bring them up, people look at your cross-eyed. And, and these rights, at first, they were just three, life, liberty, and happiness, pursuit of happiness. And they're all what's called negative rights, right? No one has to give them to you. They're ordained by God, and the, the role of government is to protect them. 
Now, if you go to the back of the World Bank or the United Nations tables, there's thousands and thousands. You have a right to feel happy about yourself. I don't know how you orchestrate that. Right? If someone's just Eeyore, I, I don't know how we how we construct it, right? Uh, where you actually do feel happy about yourself. And so, yeah, it's 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 become absurd. Uh, we've lost human reason. We've lost the enlightenment, and uh, it's our job to get it back. Yeah, up behind me is uh, my retirement flag from when I retired from the military. And, um, you know, it's the loose paraphrasing of the quote, uh, 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 Tocqueville, uh, yeah. I think it was, uh, America is is, uh, is good and uh, 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 because of its churches, because of its po yep. you know, population and... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we can lose that goodness. Yep. Um, um, it's it's it is something rare and special. And yep. uh, what a, you mentioned the fall. What a, what do humans do? They throw everything and they take they take something good and just trash it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and right now it's it's interesting times, right? With Israel, uh, there's a lot of God talk going on right now. All of a sudden, right uh, when when things get dicey, uh, the meaning of life comes into play. And a lot of the Jewish leaders uh, in our in, in our country, in the U.S., Israel has uh, got a more conservative leaning than we do. Uh, but the Jewish leaders in, in our country are taking another look. And uh, uh, the leftist leaders of the universities uh, and the thought leaders are coming up way short. And so this is all good, right? Hard time. You don't want to ever have hard times. But boy, uh, this is producing a thought revolution in a short span of time, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I this was a, a shocking event uh, with with Hamas. We now know, yep. you know, they they were planning this well in advance. Yeah, I've read the operations order plan order off of dead Hamas terrorists. It's uh, and they they mimicked our planning documents. They were they were really going through this. Yeah, uh, um, yep. but uh, um, it we're something special we're something rare and precious yep. and uh right now we just have a strong segment that wants to just just yep. absolutely do away with with this it's really uh really bad so what uh, so what what do you think about uh uh right now our current economy we have about two minutes left here what do you yeah. think about our current economy yeah well i yeah you know, i'm in shock as our most the economists who pay attention, the real economy is very weak, right? We have 5% real GDP growth, supposedly. Uh, and I can explain this very simply. If you go $2 trillion in debt to your rich uncle, right over here, you go out and you ask your rich uncle, can I have a $2 trillion loan? And I'm going to borrow it against my kids. And I'm going to take that $2 trillion, I'm going to shove it over here in this hand and call it government spending, and that counts as GDP growth. Mm -hmm. That's what we just did. That's the new trick. And CBO has that for the next 10 years, $2 trillion stimulus deficits. If you took that away, economists have done, you know, replicated these studies. Instead of growing at 2 or 3%, we'd be shrinking at 8% because 2 trillion is roughly 10% of the economy. So just, you know, just, you know, take an ax, and axe off 10% of your economy and throw it in the ocean and ask how you would be doing. And that's your common sense answer, right? So how's the economy? Terrible. 
Uh, but the Fed stimulated us with $9 trillion in funny money. At first, they've calmed that down. That's down to zero. Uh, but now the federal government has stepped in with $2 trillion in stimulus per year. It's hugely stimulative. So we're in the middle of another bull market uh, when productivity for the next 20 years is 1.5% per year, according to CBO, the Congressional Budget Office. How, how in the world can that be? It can't be, unless you have central planning going on. And uh, you see how that's going on in China right now. Not too good. Yeah, I, I was at the White House, end of Bush, beginning of Obama, and it wasn't Larry Summers. Uh, it was uh, his predecessor who her white paper for the incoming Obama administration was, uh, hey, government spending, um, government spending uh, generates, you know, like what the multiplier effect is 1.3. And it's like, well, heck, if that's true, just throw everything else in the trash. Let's just do government spending. But right, you know, that's it, right. Yeah. What is right. it? it? It's the truth is, uh, I mean, I think you get, what is it? 0. 0.7 for every dollar spent. That's called going bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it, it I did find a, a paper Wharton and I posted this on Brad economics. If you want to go out and just look at economic stats and charts, go to Brad economics and get her. Uh, but their study showed what the number you just said, 1.4. Uh, when interest rates are zero, so when you have free money, guess what happens when interest go up to, go up to normal rates, like 5%? The government multiplier goes to 0.4, right? <laughs> so what you just said. So 1.4, hey, that's a good deal. And if that's true, we should be growing like uh, crazy, like 10% like China used to be. Right you know, the pizza party comes to an end. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, Dave, thank you so much. This is we're we're at the end of this segment, but this is just wonderful. And so, everyone, we'll be we'll be right back, Colonel Rhett John, with Professor Dave Bratt on the National Security Hour. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, everyone. Colonel Rat John, Colonel Rat John on the National Security Hour. And I have just my, my, my good friend, uh, a mentor, and just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, a great American and human being, uh, Dr. Dave Bratt. And, uh, and again, uh, a, a economic security is national security. And uh, so uh, we had a great first segment. So, so Dave, what, what do you think about how do we pivot? We've identified this term globalism. 
Yeah. How do how do we pivot away from it? It seems to control the world's economy. Then it's taken over our national uh, institutions. How do we pivot away back to an America first economy? Yeah. Well, the, the folks that heard the first segment, I gave plenty of hints there, right? It, it, first and foremost, uh, there's a spiritual battle uh, going on in the country. Uh, you, you can also call that an intellectual battle, and in, in, in for the for the you know the the folks who aren't fully in the faith, uh, just reason or rationality will get you where you need to go, right? In terms of uh, talking about the uh, the public square issues, uh, but to get back to the economics and just kind of land some tactical punches, as you said, uh, what can we do to get an America first uh, country back again? Uh, the answer is we have to cut spending. And so back when I was in Congress uh, five years ago or so, uh, the budget was four and a half or five trillion. Uh, then the Chinese sent us a present called uh, COVID. And the budget went from five trillion to seven trillion dollars per year in government spending. And so, OK, you know, there's it's the fog of war, as you would say. Uh, things are ugly. What do you do? You throw your hands up. Well, OK, so people can make mistakes. Uh, but then COVID goes away and we keep the COVID budget at $7 trillion now and for the next 10 years with no COVID. And if you recall uh, the grotesque uh, you know, uh, fraud that went along with COVID, we sent checks to everybody, deserving or not. Mm-hmm. That's how much money we're talking. Every individual, every business, anyone that put in a claim, bam, you got a huge check. That's how much money we're talking about. So the Congress right now and the Republicans are too chicken uh, to call the truth on that matter, right? We we had a deal uh, to to get back to at least some cuts from the seven trillion, and McCarthy and uh, Fitzpatrick went up there uh, to uh, uh, to Biden in the White House and they caved on everything. Not only did they give the full seven trillion dollar COVID budget, but they gave away all the leftist policy embedded in that. And so we had a quite a soap opera uh, on the politics there. Uh, but I'll just give the folks uh, a few stats uh, to make sure they they know I'm offering just more than uh, verbiage here. And so, as I said in the previous segment, if you stripped out the stimulative part of government spending, which is the deficit spending, uh, instead of growing at three or four percent right now, you'd be shrinking at 10 percent GDP growth, shrinking. Mm-hmm. So that's fact number one. That's a fact. And what's uh, what's what's the gross intake on on revenue uh, in, into the treasury? So if we're spending at seven, we're taking in what right now? We're taking in uh, five, four and a half, four and a half, five okay. revenues, right? <clears throat> and and uh, the spending's a hair less than that, and they don't count interest on the debt in on the the total gig, and that that's six hundred billion and going up to a trillion. And if you if you right, it's good if you want to look at the simple math there, too, if you have two trillion dollar deficits for the next 10 years, which CBO says we'll have. These are the boring guys, right? These are the boring folks we will be 50 trillion in debt. And at five percent interest rates, you'll have two point five trillion in interest payments per year. Five percent of 50 trillion, two and a half trillion uh, in debt. So then the question, what should we do? That's what you're asking. So. There's kind of two options. There's three options. Uh, the conservative uh, pro-growth guys, the old Reagan guys, who are my friends, will say, uh, you just got to do tax cuts and we're going to grow our way out of this. Uh, nope, that's not true. 
Uh, there's studies out of Mercatus, my libertarian friends, and CBO, same chart, uh, shows that last decade with just a trillion deficit, you'd have to grow at seven and a half percent GDP growth to grow your way and just catch up with the deficit spending, not paying off any of the debt. You need seven and a half percent GDP growth to just pay off the deficits over a 10 year window. Now the deficit is two trillion. So this is fair game. You can double that number, right? That's that's not higher math. So we need roughly 15% GDP growth. And as I said in the last segment, CBO has us for the next 20 years growing at one and a half percent GDP growth. So the guys that say we're going to grow our way, that's just, you know, that's just uh, a bunch of cheerleading. Uh, for the tax cut crew who too often speak for the billionaire class, right? All they want mm -hmm. is their tax cuts and uh, and preservation of their safety. On the other side, the Democrats say, well, we, all you got to do is you just got to raise taxes a little bit mm -hmm. and uh, that'll get us out of this thing. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a Wharton paper out this year. Go Google it. It's a big, big paper. Uh, about six or seven tax increases on the wealthy, everything. Alternative, minimum tax, corporate rate, income tax going up 8%, estate tax, wealth tax, everything. Do all of that together, which will never pass, but just you do all that together and you save $4 trillion over the 10-year window. The debt will be $50 trillion. We're going to save $4 trillion by all those massive tax increases, which will surely slow down the economy. And so how else could you get $4 trillion? And this is your answer to your question after going through all that just to prove to people I'm not trying to be ideological, I'm just trying to be an honest economist, the answer is you have to cut spending. If you just reduce spending from $7 trillion back to the pre-COVID level of $5 trillion, when we still had too big of a government, in my view, right? But just get it back $2 trillion a year savings. In two years, you have the same as raising taxes on the, on the wealthy in, in massive proportions. And so we just have to get back to normal, some sense of sanity. And, and, and even there, the federal government was way out of bounds in terms of constitutional government. We should be pushing everything back to the states and let the people run things. Uh, but all of that is posted at Brad Economics on Getter. If you want to go see the charts with all the footnotes and all the names and the authorities and economics posted, it's all there. That's how you return to just normalcy. That's not a return to greatness. That's just a return to not being pathetic. Well, how how much of that? Uh, uh, we're at seven right now for the spend. Government spending. Yeah. How how much? I I lost. I, I kind of stopped keeping track when we were about four point seven was the top yep. line from what I remember. That included yep. deficit spending. We were still. Yeah. Yep. That was that was still deficit spending uh, annual in that. Yeah. But how much of that seven is just pure? largesse of of you know stimulus how, yeah. how much of that is that two two trillion three trillion well yeah I'd, I'd say two plus right okay. and so you have the federal government engaging in all sorts of activities that the private sector could engage in better right and so you know this uh, you know recently my one of my favorite headlines on this electric vehicle thing right oh my goodness it's a complex <laughs> issue and green stuff. They've created a whole sector of the economy back with Al Gore. They're very smart, right? Let's create this green thing. And, you know, you got to do a 20% payoff to the mafia up in the government for any project you want. You got to pay your 20% go to pass go. 
And so now you got Toyo Duh with a DA, uh, the former head of Toyota with a TA, uh, saying, hey, you know, I did this back of the envelope math and this EV thing ain't working out. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. we don't got enough of the rare earth minerals. Uh, there's all sorts of problems and uh, there's no way this thing works, right? So that's the beauty of retirement. Uh, Colonel John Rett <laughs> and the former uh, head chairman of Toyota Motor Corp, which is no joke, uh, can tell the truth uh, when 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 the New York Times and Washington Post and the Atlantic can't come after you. And so that's just one little anecdotal. I could go on and on for hours of, uh, of the waste uh, K to 12 education. Uh, how, what's the rate of return looking like there? Can John and, and Mary get a job in in cyber and IT and computer science and mathematics and engineering and high paying jobs coming out of high school? Right now, when they're learning pronoun studies, right, it, that's human capital. That's responsible for one third of economic growth and then capital and then technological growth, the other thirds. Right. So it's it's not good news. It's bad news across the board. Uh, I wish I had good news, but right now I don't. Well, so who's floating our debt? I mean, who is yeah. that? Because it was, you know, it was China was buying it, but then people are going, well, China might, uh, China might ask for the, you know, you know, payment and uh, stop buying and, and yeah. things like that. And I yeah. said, well, you know, one way to look at it, you know, who controls who in this situation, uh, you know, uh, the debt, the debt, debt or the debtee, and yeah. uh, you know, we could tell China to pound sand. We got China really going through some economic and social upheavals right now. Yeah. But who 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 is buying that debt right yeah. now? Well, yeah. that's that is the spot on question, and uh, that raises all sorts of other very interesting questions. The answer is, roughly speaking, the American people own most of our debt, and of that, the rich own ninety percent of the of the stocks and the bonds and the pensions, right? Mm-hmm. And so. The only reason we're paying any attention to the debt now is not because of the debt, because the uh, the the globalists and the elites, they don't care a bit, right, if this country goes under or whatever. Uh, the reason we're paying attention is because we finally had inflation, uh, right? The, the Federal Reserve printed $9 trillion in funny money, put on their balance sheet, we got inflation. And so now that's jacking up the interest rates, uh, and that goes to the American people uh, and and. We cannot afford to pay a trillion dollars. This year, it'll be over a trillion dollars in interest payments on the debt. And so uh, your question is, who owns the debt? Well, it used to be the Chinese and some of the other guys. They're out of the U.S. now, right? And we're having a hard time selling government uh, treasury bonds, the long bonds, 30-year bonds. No one wants to buy them. Uh, It used to be the big insurance uh, companies and the the, the big firms who put their long-term money in the long-term treasury bonds. They're not buying them anymore. So now we're having to offer a higher interest rate to get people to buy those. Well, what's China buying? China and the BRICS and 30 other countries are now buying gold. Uh, and if they can combine gold uh, with, with another alternative money, which they're trying to put together, which also offers blockchain technology, right? So you've got gold, the credibility of gold over the long run, and then blockchain, which guarantees security. No one would put a dollar of yours or, or mine into China, right? There's no way. Would you invest a dollar in China now? No. 
Uh, would you invest a dollar in Brazil? No. Russia? No. So the BRICS, they're, they're terrible. Uh, but if they can operationalize a gold currency alternative with blockchain security together, oh boy, and that's what's going on, right? And now you have the U.S. Federal Reserve experimenting with a, a central government digital currency. <clears throat> They're already doing pilot programs. Congress blocked it in a committee vote a month ago, 45 to zero in committee. So the Dems appear to be against that. Uh, but but that, that, that debt issue... Uh, the interest rate issue, the who owns uh, who owns our debt, uh, the inflation was the news story. Inflation now is going down, so now is where it's going to get real interesting, right? Because the American voters uh, in, in all the papers and the papers are trying to give the Biden administration hints, right? The, hey, hey, Joe, the American people are really upset about high prices. They that's the number one by far inflation. Uh, the eggs, the bacon are up 20%. And I'll, I'll just give you a mini inflation tutorial for the people out there. If you, you know, just say inflation for a year is 10 and then seven and then five. It's all the message. Well, inflation is only five. Yeah, but you just raised prices 10% one year and then 7% you raised prices in that year. And then you're raising prices 5% this year. So 10 plus seven plus five is 22% price increases in your bacon and eggs. And so when the American goes to the store and says, I don't care what you say about 5%. I know inflation is not 5%. They're absolutely correct because prices went up 10%. And then the next year they went up 7%. And the next year they went up 5%. Just because inflation is decreasing, that does not mean your prices are going down. Prices are still going up by the latest number of inflation. And no one gets that message through. And the American people, their gut they got the message. And so there's there's a long-winded answer to uh, just a complex array of uh, economic uh, statistics. Well, is there a system, and this is my simplistic uh, understanding of uh, economics, was that in the past, part of the reason we could float debt and people would buy it, yeah. even, even before the Chinese, was if you looked at the whole world, we were still the best yeah. for the money in the future. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the bond issues where all the municipalities, you know, sold all these bonds in the 90s because yeah. it was always, well, if we do a bond for a stadium, uh, that'll increase the economy and there'll yeah. be growth yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. And that was all a fraud and didn't work yeah, out. Correct. Uh, but but uh, is there is there a I'm hesitant to ask this question. Is there a system that's better for the future than our system? Yeah. Uh, not one that relies upon an internal economy with real growth, right? So Russia, Brazil, China, et cetera. No, but as I said before, if they can construct an alternative currency, just a, a currency's measure of value uh, over time, a, a comparative weight against other uh, you know, commodities, et cetera, if they can construct that alternative currency out of a gold-based system, that's also got blockchain security, right? Which means no one can get at it. And there is a record of every transaction of blockchain, right? So that's the interesting about, thing about blockchain. It's totally secure. And yet there is an infinitely complex uh, track record of every transaction that's taken place that you can study. And that's why you know no one can steal it. So if they come up with that currency, uh, yes, that people will invest in that currency 
And you know, I, I hate to say this because this gets all hot and can be misunderstood, whatever. Uh, but having the global reserve currency made us lazy, not mm. precisely because mm. of what you were saying, right? Mm. We always knew we had the last play and uh, you know, everyone else would go broke before us. And we were the least bad uh, of the mm. currencies and uh, the regimes in place. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, the reserve currency, that's nice to have it. It's a its a leisure good for a wealthy economy. Uh, but right now, we are no longer that. And so, uh, you know, uh, if, if that's what it takes for America to restore its fiscal discipline and its monetary discipline, hey, uh, let's take a look at it. Because uh, that has led us astray. The Federal Reserve has ruined our economy for the past two decades, holding the the main price of money, which is the interest rate, right? That's the main, that's the major price in your economy is the interest rate, the price of money. They artificially kept the main price in your economy at zero for over a decade. And so then if you assume you that you have free markets working and all the logic, right? The invisible hand and Adam Smith and, and neoliberal economics uh, that works off of prices and conveying information, no, that's all broke. And, and right now, uh, to back up that point, you'll notice that Wall Street doesn't pay attention to earnings anymore. They only pay attention uh, to whether the Fed is going to cut rates coming up in the future. They pay way more attention to that than economic fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Well, OK. Well, a lot to chew on there and a lot to, to think about. Um, but thank you. That was that was wonderful, Dave. And uh Everyone, uh, this is Colonel Rhett John uh, with special guest, uh, Professor Dave Bratt. And uh, we're talking about uh, economics and economic security. And we'll be right back. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Colonel Rhett John on the National Security Hour for the uh, uh, America Out Loud News Network uh, with my special uh, guest, uh, Professor Dave Bratt. And we've been having a wonderful, wonderful uh, conversation on a number of these are very important things. Everybody, uh, economic security is national security. If you get to bombs and missiles, it means you failed. Yep. So, uh, um, um, so in this last segment, what I'd like to talk about is, is the American workforce, the demographic, how do we get them back? How do we train them, get them back to an America first? How do we change attitudes and how do we get them focused on the right kind of productive jobs for an economy? 
Yeah, well, the folks who have stuck with us uh, back in segment one, uh, we went into some detail on the uh, Judeo-Christian West and that tradition. And so instead of just reciting platitudes, let's just go back a couple of generations. And let's look at an African-American family. And let's look at what those grandparents did working two to three jobs in brutal conditions, uh, praying to God every night uh, for health and uh, subsistence, basic health care, kind of out of a terrible historical trajectory. And they did all that because they loved their kids that much. They did all that uh, for their kids. They came out of the Judeo-Christian tradition. Uh, A lot of Christians were mean and cruel, uh, but the overall trajectory is one of freedom and uh, and the Judeo-Christian tradition brought an end uh, to slavery uh, and brought uh, to bear finally the full promises of America. Uh, but those families, Hispanic Catholic families, same thing. They worked two to three jobs, brutal work conditions because they love their kids, right? So you can call that whatever you want, but what does it take to get back to American greatness? That's what it takes right there. The heart inside of that family uh, that cares, uh, that loves God, that sees greater meaning beyond their life, that's willing to give up part of their own life for others. Uh, you in the military, you guys understand that. Uh, you, you, you could make way higher pay. Uh, you could get glamour. Instead, uh, you go into trenches on behalf of us. Uh, so I don't know. I'm waiting for the secular uh, left to provide uh, that in some way, shape, or form. I don't see it. All I see them is providing antagonism and hatred uh, and buckets of Marxist division, right? It used to be the workers and the capitalists, and now it's every bucket they can create, every pronoun, every gender, every whatever. Right. Uh, So that is clearly destructive of the human spirit and your children. If you're in on that, your your children are going to pay the price. Uh, So uh, at base, first principles are first principles. So what what produced uh, that greatness? uh, It's Max Weber, who wasn't really a Christian. He was a great sociologist, but he wrote uh, capitalism, this this the spirit of, of, of Protestant capitalism. And uh, the Catholics came later, but they had the same work ethic and spirit. And uh, that really is the answer. Uh, you you have to believe that the virtues are true, uh, that there is a God, that God is the author of the universe, that God has provided laws that are for our welfare. <laughs> They're not punitive. God's not some awful, tyrannical God. God sent his son because he loves us so much. Uh, and so... You know, if if you believe in that universe, then you know God God created us in a beautiful garden. We failed, uh, it, but now God's given us grace upon grace upon grace, and, it, and that's to work. Uh, and so the basic unit is the family, and then uh, you know above that you've got the government and and other institutions. Uh, but we've got to get back to paying attention to those. You quoted Tocqueville earlier. Uh, Tocqueville couldn't believe his eyeballs when he saw us in comparison with England and France. He said, these people, they need to build a bridge. They just call up their church or their group and they get 20 or 30 people and they build a bridge. How in the world does that happen? It's spontaneous uh, just because it's the right thing to do and it's needed. And so it's very hard to describe that. But, you know, Adam Smith also described that order, the invisible hand in economics, he was completely blasphemous in 1776 when he said, 
you don't need the king to organize stuff. Just go pursue uh, what you want to pursue and your, follow your own self-interest. And it, this guy's just crazy. He's a kook. There's no way you can just go pursue your own self-interest uh, and, and that, that'll work out. It turns out that's the engine, right? Before that, everybody, made, everybody on earth made $1,000 a year per capita up until 1700 With the introduction of the free market system, all right, we've always had free markets, right? The, the Hebrews traded chickens. The Greeks had the Agora, but they did not have the free market system. There's always been smart people. There's always been trade. There's always been geographical advantages. None of that caused massive economic growth. It's the social choice of the free market system that came out of the Enlightenment. Little, uh, little I'm paying my dues to our, our secular friends. Some of them were secular. Most of them were religious. Uh, but that is the system uh, that we got to get back to. And if you don't make that social choice, if you if you choose central command, if you choose to go Russian, uh, Cuban, China, you will be a slave class just like they are today. And they always have been. And uh, at at the root of it all, I, I, I used to when I was young, I didn't quite get it. But liberty really is the key virtue of this mm -hmm. republic. Liberty is the key virtue. The Constitution was written. The human rights uh, are constructed all in order to provide a giant sphere of liberty around you as an individual, not around a group, not around a race, not around a religion. You are protected uh, because you are made in the image of God, and that deserves dignity, and that deserves protection. And if we don't get back to that, you don't get the rest of the goods with it. Yeah, no, amen. Uh, uh, right on, right on. I. My work, I did. I worked a lot with uh, international partners, um, and uh, I think I was at. Uh, I think I was in uh, at an event in uh, Estonia, but I was having dinner with some German officers, and uh, and uh, I think the topic of freedom came up, and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so I was. Uh, um, uh, talking about American values and things like that. And they go, well, we believe in freedom also. And I go, oh, really? Okay, what kind of freedom do you believe in? We'll say, in our system, uh, everyone is taken care of. So you have freedom from worry and worrying about anything. And I go, well, you know, back then they hadn't really hit the apogee and started to collapse, but it's just, it, they are now. But it's yeah. just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a inverse world. Yeah, uh, man and woman weren't designed to be free from worry or yeah. or or labor. Uh, yeah. uh, labor is a good thing; it's a godly thing, and yeah. you know we don't want people to be be. Uh, you know, we want people to receive a fair wage, but uh, yeah, it's a very very weird ideas, and we just we just haven't. I lovingly refer to them. I'm really, it's a hat tip to Rush Limbaugh, all these little mush heads coming out of the secular <laughs> schools that, um, you know, if you handed them a wrench, they wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't even know what it was. Right. So, so uh, um, and uh, we were, we were talking during the break there, but yeah, I mean, people, you talk about things like this and people, well, what, what do you want my son or daughter to do? You want them to work in a shipyard? And I go, well, yeah, actually, you know, you know, I want them working in an advanced robotic AI enabled yep. shipyard. Yep. It's totally, you know, so they're not sweating away like it's 1940 and they're at the Kaiser shipyard banging away on steel, uh, 
out in the freezing cold or the searing hot, uh, like we're still doing it today. Uh, right, right. You know, uh, let's, you know, the Germans are doing it uh, like one seventh the cost of us and making the 100,000 ton Disney cruise ships totally indoor, totally automated. Unreal. And uh, so, you know, that's what we got to get to. But yeah, it's an, it's an attitude with our, our young people. They don't, they don't know what work is. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it, there is a deeper level. It, uh, you know, there's, I think even in evangelical circles and Christian circles, there's a vast misunderstanding. It, Jesus was a good guy. He's a nice guy. And uh, life, uh, it, you just need to be kind and everybody's going to be good to each other and this kind of thing. And uh, it, it, it's just a, a complete misreading of the text in the first place. That that same Jesus is, is part of the Trinity and the Godhead. Uh, and he was there uh, at the flood, uh, which took care of most all of humanity except for Noah. Right. And so uh, this God uh, has work uh, in store for us uh, because of the fall. Right. And so. Part of it is a proper worldview there where there is no entitlement. And, you know, the left, they, they ask all sorts of trick questions on religion and theology. And I think I think it was Leibniz or whatever. It's one of the smart guys. But the basic question for anyone out there listening that has a hard time with religion, you got to answer me one question. Why is there something instead of nothing? Right. Why is there something instead of nothing? And if you've got an answer for me, boy, I'm dying to hear it. Right. A, a secular answer to that. Uh, if there is the God uh, of, of the of the Hebrew and uh, Christian scriptures, uh, then the, the natural laws and the natural rights that all of our founders believed in. Right. Highly educated people. Uh, they set up a structure knowing that human nature uh, will slack. We are slackers. All of us are slackers. Right. And so you set up systems uh, that provide incentives for work private property and capitalism and it's freedom uh, but it's just freedom of life liberty and happiness You're, there's no guarantee of income or retirement or happy you know or, uh, there's no guarantee of happiness even right and so what you're saying is 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 correct and i think people have they have it upside down they think a life of leisure will make them happy when actually a life working in the shipyard with a bunch of good guys and gals that might actually make them happier Right, mm -hmm. the camaraderie of just hard work and working for a living—that uh, that's what produces true happiness. Right, is a community. It's not riches. Right, the the one thing that'll tick you off is relative inequality. When you find out one of your workers get paid more than you, <laughs> then mm -hmm. you're ticked off. Right, mm -hmm. it, and so it it really is that camaraderie. We're missing it. We're we're missing the local communities, the local church. I'm guilty of it as anybody. As I, I always just ask my students, say, "Hey, y'all, y'all love you. You love your mom, yeah. You love your dad, yeah." I said, "What if I give you thirty thousand here to stay and work with your parents, or I give you sixty thousand in California to leave your parents? What job are you taking?" They're all taking sixty to leave the parents, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So we've made some, you know, hasty decisions over the past decades, uh, which probably haven't. Uh, examined uh, the, the the life worth living uh, in its totality. What really produces true happiness has been studied for thousands of years. And uh, I think you're getting at it with uh, working in the shipyard, actually making something with your hands. We've exported all those high paying good jobs where you use your mind to produce things abroad. 
Uh, and that's part of the America first economy, too, is that you probably don't want to trade with a, a country uh, named China, which has declared war against you. <clears throat> right. The last uh, speech mm-hmm. by Xi Jinping mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. eight months ago, <clears throat> he said uh, three points. Uh, number one, we're fully Marxist Leninist. Number two, no economic reforms, which means no more reaching out to the West or, or market activity using prices. And number three, we're getting rid of all China language. No more peace and harmony language in China. They're Chinese. And he's saying we're getting rid of Chinese language. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, they, so they're on yeah. a war footing. Yeah, yeah. They don't like classic Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. Are those people happy? Yeah. Do you think they're happy? Or do you think the, the system counter the antithesis to that, which is ours? People are more happy. I'll take ours. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The, uh, one little ministry I'm working on in our our church, I call it the STEAM ministry, not the STEM ministry. The STEAM good, ministry. Good. We have we have a pretty, uh, uh, I think about 450 uh, students in our K through wow. 12 program at Heritage Independent Baptist Church, and uh, send a lot of kids to Liberty. And uh, right. the uh, but I call it STEAM because I think the importance of science, technology, yeah. engineering. Um, but I also uh, include uh, uh, English, so doubly because yeah, if, good, if you're if good. you're an engineer and you can't write, you're not an engineer. Yeah, you yeah. got to be able to be impactful and make sense. Yeah. I also include the arts, specifically music, a strong connection between being musically inclined and understanding numbers and engineering and math yeah. and things like that. So, and then math. So we, we're 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 embarking upon a STEAM program and good. And it's also I've noticed the uh, a lot of the trades, and this was long before Donald J. Trump. I said, you know what? I really we need to train kids, and and it needs to be that we we've looked down on the trades. Oh, that's yeah. somebody somebody yeah. else will do that. Well, you know that this somebody else will do something is is a way to just talk our country into the ground. I mean, who's who's gonna you know service our our HVACs? Who's gonna yeah. or yeah. you know who's gonna you know fix our cars? Oh, that's beneath us. No, it should never be beneath us. So uh, you know, it's, yeah. Well, and it's a shocker. All those guys have uh, very fancy lake houses that I don't have. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's you know you, you know it's uh and i love the i love the saudis i don't mean this in any way wrong but it's like uh you know uh saudi arabia has you know nobody nobody changes a light bulb it's beneath you that's why you have you know three huh. four five uh laborers from some other country because they'll change the light bulb for you yeah. eh, that's not a good model over time here yeah. so uh we need to know all these things. No, so, that's right. The, the Greeks had it right with the liberal arts. Uh, and that's kind of your steam with the double E's and all that. And then there is an aspect of the the great uh, trinity, the, the true, the beautiful, and the good. Right? The true, the truth, the scientific method can get at some of that. But religion gets at mysteries you cannot unpack in science. Have you ever seen a science? No. Is there any empirical evidence uh, that science exists? No. Right. So uh, a little philosophy is a little dangerous. Have you ever seen a hypothesis? If you have, let me know what it looks like. I'm dying to see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just the first thoughts in philosophy and theology get right to the guts of what you really know, what you don't know. Uh, and so you got the true and then the beautiful uh, life without beauty. But tried communism, tried China. It, it's not beautiful. 
and uh, it's not inspiring and there's nothing uplifting and you wake up your day uh, like you're uh, suicidal probably right and and i and I, this is just an indictment on the ccp not the chinese people who are made in the image of god right so the true the beautiful and the good the good of course is ethics and there is a purpose and boy I, I, i'm i'm glad i remembered this but if you have not all seen jordan peterson's uh, new series on the book of exodus it's a uh, Bible study with six brilliant folks sitting around a table. Uh, Prager, Dennis Prager, Jewish uh, scholar, wonderful human being is on that group. Uh, and just a wonderful dialogue that gets at the true and the beautiful and the good and the purpose that all the life. And Jordan's on fire all of a sudden. Peter's he's on, on teleology, telos. That you're like everybody knows, even the scientists have underlying presuppositions that you're doing science for a reason. Oh, really? Tell me about that reason. Unpack that a little bit for me, right? What is the purpose? What is the telos? And you you say it's good for us? What this term, where did you get this term good from? You didn't mm -hmm. get that from science. Mm -hmm. You got that mm -hmm. from the long history in the West of ethics, starting in, in Greece, well, starting with rabbis prior to that. Mm -hmm. And so go watch Peterson, man. He unpacks it all. And uh, it, it, what you just said, that was that was just a, a, a great intro to some serious ideas. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, Dave, we're, we're at the end of our time. This has just been a wonderful, wonderful session. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Professor Brad. How do how do people? Uh, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of things. How do people get to your social media handles and communications and and yep. all your knowledge? Yeah, after Congress, I gave up on social media. Too toxic. <laughs> but if you want if you want to go send me a few nice comments on economics, I'm at Brat Economics B R A T Brat Economics on Getter, and then you can look me up at Liberty University. Bring your uh, young scholars by to visit. And uh, hopefully come study with us. And uh, we got a, a fine community and the students, I cannot say enough good about them. You saw them at the uh, CEO summit we had and uh, they go out of their way uh, to be gracious to everybody. I've been here five years. I've never heard one nasty comment, not one from a student to another student. And that's that's quite a statement after five years of living in the community. Just an exceptional group of, of fine, good people. Oh, amen. Yeah, it was your your CEO forum was just absolutely incredible, and I was just blown away by the uh, the students, uh, everything. It was absolutely wonderful, wonderful. Glory be to God. It was just really, thank really you. good. So, thank you, uh, everyone. Uh, thank Carl you, Brett John, with uh, with Professor Dave Brat. Dave, thank you so much. God bless. Thanks, session. brother. Keep up the great work. <laughs> <laughs>